0: Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Haiku Chronicle podcast. I'm Patricia, your host, and a fellow writer of Haiku. Did you know that you can get this podcast from our website at poetryp.com, but it's also available on SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and of course iTunes. I like to download my podcasts on my phone and take them with me on my walks. Where do you listen to yours? This week I'm happy to welcome back to the podcast our guest Minoko Takahashi from Japan. If you remember, she joined us in episode 14. And if you haven't heard that episode, then have a listen. Her haiku was very, very moving. She's raised an interesting question with me this week, but more of that later. Today I wanted to briefly discuss definite and indefinite articles in the writing of haiku. Sometimes I really want to leave them out, and I've been picked up by fellow English-language writers and told that I shouldn't do it. And even more puzzling, that I'd strayed into tontoism. Tontoism? I had not got a clue when I first heard this, so I read up on it. Apparently this was a term coined by Paul O. Williams and a friend to describe the tendency of some haiku writers to omit from their haiku articles or other sentence elements where they would appear in normal English usage. Why tontoism? It comes from the Lone Ranger's sidekick, Tonto, from the way he spoke. He omitted articles from his speech, so it didn't sound natural to an English speaker. For example, he might say something like, You not take horse. See what I mean? As you may have realised from listening to this podcast, I rather like the minimal nature of the haiku, which is why I often have a struggle with articles. Reading Higginson on the subject, he says, Grammar should be stripped to the minimum that seems reasonably natural. Complete sentences may or may not occur. Articles, a, and, and the, and prepositions should be used sparingly, but not unnaturally omitted. And Paul o. Williams agrees. If it is desirable to write haiku that flow naturally, in syntax that does not call attention to itself, as odd, articles are often necessary which suggests that as long as it sounds natural, I can leave out my articles. But I must edit properly and make sure the flow of the haiku sounds natural. I want to add a couple more things before I go to the next section. One of my favourite writers and teachers is Jane Reihold. She says that one of the guidelines most commonly used in haiku is to divide the poem into a phrase and a fragment. If you're employing this technique, then... In the fragment you can often dispense with the use of an article, leaving the noun to stand alone. That's not to say you must dispense with it, but if you feel stronger without the article, feel free to do so. I found this most liberating, I have to say. The other thing I wanted to mention, and it cropped up in a discussion I was having with Miniko, was that in the Japanese language there are no articles. I can't help but think that the discussion about articles is coloured by the difference between the two languages, As a linguist, I love to find out about these differences. Now, what have I been writing this week? It's a quite mixed bag again, but I wanted to share this with you. On the concrete, a push-along lawnmower. Purple rain. Where did this one come from? I was on the tram travelling into the city and going through an area which had very little greenery. There were lots of trees, but the only grass I could see were little tufts which were poking through the concrete. Leaning up against an old building was an orange manual lawnmower. It was in total keeping with the age of the building, but it was quite incongruous nonetheless, as there was nothing for it to do. And why Purple Rain? No, it's not an allusion to the Prince song. If you look up its meaning, you'll find that Purple Rain is a deep longing or desire that will likely not be met and it struck me that this applied to my orange lawnmower. The haiku has been edited since I wrote it, because my English totally escaped me, and I couldn't think how else to describe this very old lawnmower except as a push-along one. Thanks to everyone who helped me regain my English. And now let's welcome Mineko Takahashi to the podcast again. Like I said, you can return to episode 14 to hear more of her work, and more about her. But just to remind you, she writes with a Haiku Circle in Japan, and they are having a festival in 2019, the Sakura Haiku Festival, to which we are all cordially invited. If you would like more information, please check with the show notes and click on the link. Chatting via email with Maniko, she brought up another topic to research, similes and metaphors. I was under the impression that similes were generally frowned upon in English-language haiku. Maniko tells me that in Japanese haiku, they are used, and that in her haiku circle, they're encouraged to be avant-garde and experimental, to express what they're feeling and not to be bound by any ruling on the simile. Interesting. Thanks, Maniko. you've given me something to think about. And so to her haiku. Under a thin haze, worms wriggling, evident delight. Why did I choose this one? Regular readers of the Daily Haiku on the Poetry P website will know that I spend a lot of time thinking about my garden and the birds in it. Worms are a very important part of this life cycle and I love to see the worms in the garden. This haiku spoke very loudly to me. I hope it did to you too. Thanks as always, Miniko. Lovely to hear from you again. So goodbye for this week. It's been lovely to talk to you again. Remember, you can get all the links for the podcast on the show notes. Please keep writing, and I'd be particularly interested to have submissions of haiku about spring wherever you live. Take care, I'll see you next week.